0: Welcome to Community Sense, where Carly and Mark talk with the world's best community leaders to get inspired and to learn the strategies for building a thriving community.
1: Hey, everyone. Hope you're doing well today. What's going on, Carly?
0: Hey, Mark. Happy to see you and happy to be here and so excited for today.
1: Another episode of Community Sense. We're getting down to the end of the first season, which is kind of crazy to think. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. We have an awesome conversation today with a community leader. Her name is Marjorie Anderson, and she has 13 plus years of experience in community. She has built her own business, Community by Association, has over 100 members of community practitioners that are really focused on helping people at associations, nonprofits, upskill their staff, their employees on how to really use community as a strategic advantage, as a growth lever for those nonprofits and associations. So it's it's fantastic. And then she also has a full-time job at the Project Management Institute, been around for 50 plus years, that organization. It's an association and she basically runs community over there and it sits within the product team which is super interesting. So we'll get to that conversation with Marjorie very soon. It's an excellent conversation, tons to unpack. And one of the things that we, you know, start every episode with before we get into that conversation is common sense. And from the conversation we had with Marjorie, Carly, you came up with this kind of aha moment when it comes to community building and just, of course you should do this. So what is that thing?
0: Yeah. So You know, we've talked a lot this season and Marjorie mentions this as one of her misconceptions about, you know, if you're looking to build your community, it won't happen overnight. You need to be intentional about it. You need to build trust with your members. And I think my biggest takeaways from today is you need to think about the journey you want your community members to go on, right? So it's not just about, you know, let's build lots of resources for our community members. And if we create them all, like they'll show up, they'll log in or sign up or whatever they do in joining your community. And like, that's it, right? They they then are, are free to roam wherever they want. Like that is not how you will build happy community members and really deliver value to your community members. Marjorie talked a lot today about building a thoughtful customer or member journey. And I think that's something that we should all be doing as we think about the communities we're building, no matter who we're serving, right? Whether it's B2B or for associations or whoever your audience, we need to think about like When someone joins our community, what are the steps we want them to take, right? What does that journey look like? And how are we delivering value at every step of that journey? And how are we guiding our community members through that journey? So I think it's so simple, right, to like think about creating a journey like, yeah, they've joined, like they're on the journey, right? But we actually need to be incredibly intentional about creating that journey and then once you've created it, it becomes your north star. And then you can start to segment it based on persona. You can continue to build out that journey based on the amount of time someone's been a member of your community. There's just so many ways that you can take that journey and build it out and create experiences for your members that are, are really memorable and, and most importantly, are, are really valuable to them. hundred
1: percent. We talked about intentionality in a few different facets. One of those ways around intentionality is the one you just mentioned. At Drift, we actually look at different journeys from the point of view of an organization, a business that buys Drift. So meaning someone ends up buying Drift and there's usually a lot of people involved in the purchase in the setup in the use of Drift. And we map out on this slide template we have all of the key engagement points along that journey and a lot of those are just community engagement points either consuming content signing up for drift insider getting certified attending a workshop going to one of our events we do this all the time and during that journey we actually then map in when they actually bought the software when they upgraded when they added more users to their drift instance and you know more people on the sales team using drift like we see that and we start to see these patterns. And then to Marjorie's you know, point and what you mentioned around segmentation, you can start to say, well, you know, we start to see interesting things like with our certifications, we see, hmm, it'd be really beneficial if we get more people certified in the first 90 days. That is going to have a really strong effect. And I saw this at HubSpot on things down the road if we were able to do that. So you start to pick up these patterns and it's really fascinating and you know, it starts to then give you the insights that you can take to other parts of the business so they understand how community is working for the business too.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's building out the journey and then tying success metrics to that journey, right? And and tying it back to your goals, whether it's, you know, revenue, whether it's membership growth, like whatever that looks like for your business, it's making sure that each touch point you're thinking, you're looking at the data and saying, how is this impacting our goals or our business and ultimately you know how is that impacting the member
1: so let's dive into the conversation carly
0: here we go all right well marjorie thank you so much for joining us today on community sense really really excited to learn more about you and your community background so before we dive into community and community strategy and your expertise would love to get a bit of background on your business, why it exists, who it serves, and what you're selling. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks for
2: having me. Super excited to be here. So I do a couple of things. I wear a couple of hats. The first thing that I do is I have a an organization or company called Community by Association. And I created Community by Association to dually support community practitioners and associations and nonprofits. And that really allows them to kind of explore the nuances that take place in those types of spaces that sometimes get buried in, other community practitioner spaces. And then the other part of that is that it allows me to be able to bring together organizational leaders in a way that allows them to understand what community means for their organizations and get alignment across their leadership team in order to ensure that these programs have the strategic support needed to succeed. So we do this through community. There are coaching and custom workshops based on need that we can work together to build and create so that the solutions are fit specifically for those organizations, as well as for the practitioners who are working in those spaces. The other part of the work that I do in my day job is I am the product manager for community at Project Management Institute, which is a not-for-profit membership association supporting the project management profession. And it not only serves those who have chosen project management as a profession, but those who need project management skills to do their job. So they offer membership, they offer um, accredited certifications, they offer products that allow people to build skills that allow them to manage projects, whether that's their chosen profession or something that they need, a skill that they need for their day-to-day job. So very established organization. It's been around for quite some time. Yeah, so that's the, the nut and bolts of it all. Love that. So let's unpack your business
1: first a little bit. How many people are in that community? How many members? And how did it get started? I'd love to just to kind of unpack that. And then we can go a little bit maybe deeper into Project Management Institute. And by the way, I know, uh, a few people that have taken the certification courses from PMI and absolutely love it. So kudos to that organization. I've had a few people on my team actually take those in the past. But let's go back to your business, Community by Association. And yeah, tell us about how it got started and how many people are involved in
2: it now and how that's like grown over time. Yeah, excellent. So with community by association, it started out as a blog. So I started in working in community in 2013 and was really excited. It's not work that I had done before. I had been exposed to before and was joining these practitioner communities and learning about community. But then there were questions that were coming up in my day-to-day work that I couldn't find answers to. Like how do we make sure we are engaging chapters in a way that's meaningful? How do we make sure our volunteer boards are finding ways to get value out of the online community? How do we go about ensuring that our budgets get approved through the board and making sure we're resourcing for those things appropriately? So you know there was all this stuff that I wasn't able to find answers to from that very nuanced perspective. And so as I was starting to learn this stuff in 2018, I started a blog aptly named community by association, just to share what I was learning, to kind of uncover some of the stuff that I was seeing from an association standpoint, from my association, you know, the, the ways that I was working, some of the the things that was working really well, the things that weren't working so well. And what started happening was that people in associations were reaching out to me and saying, Goodness gracious. I'm so glad I found your blog. I've been looking for content like this. Tell me how I can support you. Tell me how I can help be a part of this, those types of things. So in 2019, I started a community, an online community. I'm like, well, let me just start to bring some of these folks together and see, you know, what that looks like for everyone to kind of come together and start sharing those ideas and best practices. And what I found was that it was not just people who were in associations and nonprofits who were joining this community, but it was community practitioners who were looking for different ways of working regardless. The majority of the people in these spaces are association and nonprofit professionals. But so that community continues to exist. There's a hundred people and we just hit a hundred people in that community like last week, I think it was. So at the beginning of the year, I'm going to do a big thing, but you know, what we're starting to see happen now is that people are really interested in sharing not only the knowledge that they have, but coming together and creating a body of knowledge for this particular niche of the profession so that people who are new to it, who are coming into associations and nonprofits, or even who are doing this work without having the formal title of community manager, because that happens a lot in associations and nonprofits. They'll say, hey, we're gonna launch community, membership specialists, can you do this in addition to your day job or marketing specialists or communication specialists or someone else? You know, They don't necessarily hire for, the role immediately, but to help those people learn the skills that they need to be able to manage these communities until they're able to bring on full-time community staff. So it's really been a great evolution. It continues to evolve. It went from a blogging community to a full-blown LLC in November of last year. So, and it's still evolving. The goal is to make sure that we're meeting the needs of practitioners and leaders in this space. So it will continue to evolve as those needs change.
0: Yeah, really, really interesting. And you touch on this idea that folks who are part of your community aren't necessarily community managers. It's a part of their job or something that they're wanting to explore. And, And that ties in quite nicely to an idea we've been exploring the season on community sense, which is this idea that community is collaborative and community is everywhere. And that like, no matter where you look in a business, you're likely going to find community woven somewhere within that. So I'm curious in the work that you've done with community by association and the community that you've built there, and and obviously the content you've produced, and it sounds like you've supported some organizations and, and better understanding, you know, how community works within their business within kind of the organizations that you're typically serving, what functions do you typically see are supporting community? And how is community kind of woven throughout an organization? And then um, I know this is a very loaded question, but within the organizations that do community really successfully, like how are the organization's teams able to really work and integrate effectively together to support their community? Yeah, so those are great questions. I think to answer the first
2: question around support and working cross-functionally, I've seen in where it has worked really, really well, um, lots of these organizations are working cross-functionally and have goals tied into different parts of the organization, such as content, such as marketing, such as events, such as maybe even user experience design, right? Because at the end of the day, when you're creating a user experience, it's not just about what happens in the online community. I happened to do a presentation about this with a partner that I work with, and we were talking a little bit about how community supports the entire user journey. And so what happens is when people come into your community, you know, they're there to maybe gain knowledge, to look for a specific resource, but then there also has to be something that helps them find what's going to help them along their journey. So organizations who are doing community really well are keyed into these specific parts of the organization that can not only help provide a great experience or get the word out about their community, but that can also deliver or pull data from these behaviors from folks within the community that help them make better decisions as a business, not just as a community program, right? So organizations who are doing community well are really keyed into what's going on within the rest of the organization. And then also pulling information or pulling maybe even resources from those different areas to help enrich that experience. So that once people land in the community, that's not where they stop and they don't feel like, okay, well, how do I get to the other parts of the organization that are really gonna help me move along this journey or meet my needs, right? So it's really about making sure that they're keeping that full user journey at the top of mind and ensuring that community has a spot to make sure that it helps folks move along that journey. It's really where I've seen organizations do that really, really well. And they have a team of people not just someone who's doing this work part-time, but they have a community team who's really responsible for ensuring that those tendrils reach out into the rest of the organization so that you can work collaboratively and cross-functionally to ensure that those types of experiences and that type of information and that data flows in such a way that not only brings value to community members, but to the rest of the organization.
1: Mm, Being intentional. Like you you said... To be intentional with the audience, and we've talked about that this season, but being intentional about how the business integrates the community-building function.
2: Yes, absolutely. Intentionality is absolutely at the heart of community work, especially when you've got an organization who may be starting community for the very first time, right? This may be their first venture into building community as they are thinking about it, right? They may already be community minded in the way that they do business, but they're thinking for some reason of community building as something totally different, separate and, and not part of the way that they initially work. So that intentionality is absolutely key to ensuring that those types of that experience takes place and that data is flowing and that you're keyed into the rest of the organization. Without that, then it's just kind of like, here's the rest of the business off to the left and then community is off to the right and we'll just let it do what it does because that's what community does, right? It just kind of does its own thing, but no, it's just as important as any other program within your organization. So I want to go now to the Project Management
1: Institute mm-hmm. you know, piece and all of your involvement
2: in that. You're the product manager for community. At PMI, is that correct? Yes, which is just a, another way of saying that I am the person responsible for the community program and we just happen to sit under product. <laughs> well, it goes back to your comment around like user experience, right? Like yep. user experience product, I can see that
1: now big time. How does PMI define success for its community?
2: You know, yeah, Go ahead. like qualitatively, quantitatively, like I love to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the big things that that was one of the first questions that I asked my boss when I got hired on to the community team, I was like, how do we support the rest of the organization? She's like, great question. Why don't you go find that out? She's like, I'm not just going to give you the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> so which was really helpful. But one of the things that I think is really important about the way that PMI looks at community building is that community. First of all, we're a global organization. We have chapters in all parts of the world. We have members from all over the world. You know, our content is translated into different languages. It's a huge global professional community. And the way that PMI approaches community and the way that they look at what community is, is that it touches our members. It touches people who are not members with us. It touches our volunteers. It touches our chapter leaders. our chapter members, it touches our regions, it touches our business partners. So when they're thinking about community, it's not only from a B2C standpoint, it's from a B2B standpoint. And then what we're looking at in terms of what does success look like is at the end of the day, are we helping meet the goals of the institute while also helping meet the needs of those we serve? So when we're looking at community, um, we have an online community, and yes, it is for professionals who work in the project management space, but it is also not just a member community. There are people within that online community who have never once spent one dime with PMI, but, They need information and resources. They need connections. They need to know where jobs are. They need to know what's going on in their part of the world as it pertains to the profession and our global community helps surface that for them. So what we're able to do through programming and through some of like our normal community health index stats are to see where we're moving the needle. Not only that, but we're very keyed into our voice of the customer customer experience function within the organization. When that first launched, I was a champion on making sure that we were capturing that data and those insights from a community standpoint, because there's so much information that filters down into the community through the forums and through the discussions and through the content that can surface to other parts of the organization to show where there might be problems with a product or where people are really happy with an experience or a product or whether or not they're gonna to go to an event. So we're looking at all of this qualitative and quantitative data based off of where we're hooked into the rest of the organization to see you know, what's working and what's not. And we can tell whether or not our community is successful by the value that it delivers to the rest of the organization and to the members. So for instance, we have an Ask Us Anything series that we do quarterly. And what that Ask Us Anything series does is it takes people from across the organization and it brings them into the community and it says, tell the people within the community about what you're working on. What are the newest member benefits? What's this new product that we've launched? You know, What's this new event that we are getting ready to hold and allow them to ask you questions. And what happens is that it brings some sort of connectivity to the community Uh, for, for the community to the organization. We don't seem like we're this big behemoth on a hill that you can't get to. And then what we generally try to do is we try to see what happens after that Ask Us Anything session. Did product adoption go up? Did membership numbers go up? Did certification numbers go up? Was there an influx of visits to a specific piece of content or downloads of thought leadership? And what that does is it allows us to directly attribute the participation and the connection to community to the success of an initiative. And so those are the types of things that we look for. Those are the types of things that I urge my team to think about when we're collaborating across the organization to really not only show, yes, we've got community health, people are coming, they're returning, they're messaging one another, they're connecting with one another. But at the end of the day, what's also the effect on how we are able to move organizational goals forward. And we're currently continuing to expand that and explore that because there's so much opportunity.
0: Really, really interesting. And and that capturing that data around the journey, right? And the the touch points. I'm curious, are you, so you talked about things like measuring product adoptions, you know, an increase in certifications, downloads of materials. Are you tracking that on a like individual basis so like for each member right you're tracking all of those engagement points and that turns into some sort of like i think you mentioned some sort of index score or health index or i guess like how are you i guess what i'm I'm looking to understand the how you're tracking that on the individual level and then how that kind of expands up into the bigger picture and what informs kind of your progress against your goals and supporting the business
2: Yeah, so it's a great question. So from an
0: individual
2: perspective, we do so, but very lightly, because I think that we're still trying to mature that that capability organization-wide. So we've got personas that have been built out as part of some work that we did a couple of years ago from an organization standpoint. And what we're able to do is we're able to take a look at those personas and say, okay, these are the types of activities that these folks are taking based off of maybe the content that they're that they're consuming or the experiences that they're participating in, the conversations that they're having. And we're able to kind of connect that into those journeys and say, okay, we know that a skill builder is gonna come into the community and look for specific content, and then they're probably going to want to go do A, B, and C after that, right? And so it's, again, it's not a fully mature um, kind of user journey that we've built out across the organization, but we can kind of make those correlations and those connections to what a certain type of person will do as they participate in the community based off of how they're segmented. And so what we generally try to do then is, so the community health information is largely more, okay, so we know that a certain number of users have come into the community, and a certain number of people have returned, and a certain number of people are sharing content. We can see that. We can say, okay, this is the health of the community itself. But from a larger perspective and a larger standpoint, when we're looking at what those journeys look like, what we can do is we can kind of connect them into what does possibly product development look like down the line, right? So we've launched this product, and we can see the types of journeys people in the community are taking based off of those segments. And then what we can say is, okay, well, we know that, I don't know, arbitrary number, 90% of the community falls in this segment and they are adopting this product or they're having conversations around this experience. Maybe this is something that we need to look at enhancing or getting more input on or, retiring altogether because maybe they're not looking at it or adopting it and people don't really want this thing that we built. So it really helps inform the way forward for some of the products and experiences across the organization. I think one of the things that it also does is it allows for there to be some conversation around those types of things that don't require formal market research, right? So you can get people together in a forum and pose a question and say, hey, is this thing working? And people will tell you, no, it's not working. Why did you even build this? Why did you put it out there? Or yes, this is great PMI. What took you so long? We've been waiting for this, right? So those are the types of things that we're able to kind of utilize the community for and kind of uncover from a data perspective. And then of course, As I mentioned before, we're really connected to the customer experience, voice of the customer function within the organization, which allows us to pick up on how people are feeling and what they are looking for from their experience for the organization holistically. So we're not, of course, the only program that's keyed into that. But when you're looking at the difference between how do we get member input about a membership offering versus how do we get practitioner input about something that we're offering? Those are two different things, right? Because the people in the online community aren't necessarily members. They're not necessarily certification holders. They're not necessarily you know, part of our ecosystem in that way, other than the fact that they may be participating in our online community. So that really helps kind of tease out some things we may be missing when we're just going after people who are spending money with us.
1: So you basically have like a non-member experience and, you know, part of the online piece of PMI. And then you have like a member only type of experience for members only that they probably have to log into, I'm assuming, right?
2: Yeah, and it's actually, they don't, it's not even that they have to log into it. In order to be a part of the community and experience the community at all, in any sort of meaningful way, you have to log in. So there has to be some sort of registration process. You can read some of the content by not being logged in. So you can read a blog post, but you can't comment. You can read part of an article, but then if you want to see the rest of it, you have to log in. But the difference is whether or not you're a member determines whether or not there's certain experiences or or content you can access once you're logged in. So once you're logged in, if you're a member, you can access webinars, which are a member benefit. You can access specific member-only downloads and templates. You can access recordings of virtual events that were locked down to members. If you're not a member, you can still participate in discussions. You can still read the articles. You can still participate in the blogs. But those more interactive pieces, you can't participate in unless you're a member.
1: It's such a smart thing for a lot of like B2B companies, but I do think holistically any type of organization can take that approach and do. We're doing something similar at Drift Insider. You know, we have member-only content and experiences and then content that's ungated to anyone. Right now, we're not requiring a membership even to get access to those things or to be logged in, but we're going to start to kind of play around and test some of those different ways to increase the amount of people that become members without putting too much, you know, friction or barrier to entry before that. It's a fine line. I'm sure as as you've talked to a lot of associations and organizations about like that line of like, you know, how do we get you to become a more official member is tricky, can be very tricky.
2: Yeah, it's super tricky. And then also, how are you defining member benefits, right? Because I think what most associations will find, at least in the association world, is that... What you're defining as a member benefit, such as a discount to an event, is table stakes for members. If I'm paying you annual dues, of course, I should be able to get a discount. What else are you going to provide? Right. And so what is that special thing that's going to create conversion?
1: Yeah. It's so interesting. With like, yeah, is the community with Carly's organization, Pavilion, you actually have to pay a fee. I'm part of it. Right. And it's not free. You have to apply, actually, and then you you have to pay an annual fee for something like the Drift Insider, you know, it's a B2B company. We're using it more as a way to generate awareness, interest, and eventually hopefully sell our product and services to people, but we don't charge for the community in any way, right? It's kind of like a lead gen customer success, customer retention type of experience. So yeah, super interesting. We have one last question that we want to get to. This has been an awesome conversation. I want to just make one point before Carly asks you this last question. What I think you're doing with community by association has very similar parallels to maybe what PMI has done over the last fifty plus years, where there's been a skill gap uh, that's been identified, and you've identified a skill gap with you know the folks like marketing folks or product folks or you know anyone who takes on this community type of function, maybe as a part time thing or even like a nights and weekends type thing, and you're using now your business and your organization and the 100 plus members you have to help them acquire these skills and then over time teach other those skills, right? And like, I could see you building, maybe you have this in your plans, or right? like building courses, certifications, right? For community members, right? It's, I've seen this with the Product Marketing, I think association or I think it's association, PMA, Product Marketing I, Association I think- has spun up over the last few years. I've done that. So anyway, I just, I wanted to point that out because I think you have an interesting path that I think you might be going down.
2: Yeah, it's definitely something that there's a gap there. And what I I want the content and the things that come out of community by association to be are not going to be the same things that you find in other practitioner communities. And I want it to be built by the practitioners. They're doing the work every day. Let's come together and figure out how we can create that content together and then spread that knowledge so that people have it and it can be useful for them.
0: Well, Marjorie, I've been looking forward to this question throughout this entire conversation, because I think you have just your community experience between Community by Association and Product Management Institute is just in... You're focusing on the customer journey and the depth and breadth of what you've done. I can imagine that you have some common misconceptions about community building that you can share with us today. So would love to hear... Some things that you see and you hear both within your own community and within your role at PMI and what some of those misconceptions are within community.
2: Goodness, yes. Where do I even begin? (laughs) One of the ones that I think that I see a lot, and you've probably heard this from other people, is that it's quick, easy, and passive. And that's not the case at all. We talked a little bit earlier about the intentionality that goes behind community building, and it's not quick. It is not easy, and it is not passive. I think one of the things that people have to understand as they're thinking about starting a community is that it's going to take time because you're not releasing a product out into the world and hoping for adoption, what you're doing is you are building relationships and trust with people so that they start to feel safe enough to come together and have conversations with each other and share information, feedback, and insights with you as an organization. That takes time. People don't automatically trust you because you've been around for a long time. They don't automatically want to engage with you because you've got a, a cool logo or a neat product. And you have to be very intentional about what happens in that space once those people come, right? So this is something that takes time, intentionality, and it takes resources. It takes someone dedicated to it. And another misconception that I've always run across is that it's all dependent on the technology that you use. And that is so far from the truth. Like the technology does not make, in some respects it does, but it is not the thing that makes communities successful. What it does is it supports your community's purpose and your people. So if you've got your strategy locked in, you know why your community exists, you know who your people are, you know how you're gonna serve them and what needs to happen in that space in order for your community to succeed, your technology should support that, right? I've seen associations start with technology, not resources well and expect it to just flourish. And then when it doesn't, the first thing they say is, well, community doesn't work. It does. If you are intentional about it, if you are putting in the hard work to get it done, and if you understand the time that it takes in order for you to see that ROI, if that is not the case, then in this particular instance, community didn't work for you because you didn't define it. You didn't have a strategy set for it. And you thought that buying the best piece of technology out there was going to make your community be the best community out there. And that's not how it works. So putting technology before you have it first before you have a strategy in place and really understand what community needs to be and why it exists and how you're going to serve its purpose is always, it's usually the thing that quote unquote makes community fail because you haven't set that intention. So those are some common ones that I've seen. I'm sure there are a bunch more, but those are the most common.
1: Love it. Love it. Very well said. Like I know Carly and I feel strongly with you that technology Is that like the end of that spectrum of like people, strategy, there's other things too. Then there's like technology at the end of the day, right? I mean, technology does not matter much. It probably matters more today than it did in the past, just because of what's recently happened and people's habits have changed so much in the last 5, 10 years, 15, 20 years of being online. So you probably have to have some type of technology, but to your point around intentionality, it's like, who are you trying to serve? is the most important thing and what's that exchange of value that you can like kind of enable that's the core of everything i think when it comes to community building and like being really like being very thoughtful about what the community is about right like it's it's almost like its principles if you will like yep. like the dna yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly yeah and then at the end of the day does it support your member journey like I think that's one part that we miss as community builders sometimes is that, yes, the community there, you know your why, you know your who, you know your how, but if, what happens once they've gotten to your community, how can you help shepherd them along their journey and deliver value in that way, not just helping to meet organizational goals, but if, how did you help fulfill that member journey?
0: That journey is the the foundation of anything you'll build within your community and So that's probably one of my biggest takeaways from today is like focus on that journey, refine that journey, segment that journey and have that be kind of your North Star for your membership. So. Well, Marjorie, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to meet with you, um, learn about your experience at at PMI, but also at Community by Association. I think you probably have two new members and Mark and I, um, I know I'm going to go (laughs) go find your site and, and join right after this, right after this interview. So it was such a pleasure to learn more about you and just thank you for Taking the time to chat with us today and and to help out our community here at Community Sense.
2: Excellent. Thanks. It was a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Carly. Thanks, Mark.
0: Well, that was just what a conversation with Marjorie. I'm such a fan of all she's doing and have my page of notes to go through, but we can't talk through all our notes today, Mark. We got to talk about the spark. So let's kick it to you first. What was your big spark from today in our conversation with Marjorie?
1: Yeah, the thing that came to mind for me in terms of igniting growth and retaining your members is around benefits—the membership benefits you put in place—and you can have benefits for your community for members if your community is free or you know a kind of pay to become a member, pay to play type experience. It doesn't matter, I think, at least you know with Pavilion, you're obviously to pay to kind of join the community at Drift or Drift Insider. You don't have to pay anything, but. In both cases, there are benefits, reasons why you would wanna join, things you get as a member versus things you don't get as a member, and really making sure that you look at those benefits on a regular basis and are getting feedback from your community members about those benefits, which ones are most, most valuable, which ones are must have versus nice to have. Ideas for new benefits is I think a critical thing that was touched upon with the conversation with Marjorie that you really gotta consider as you, you know, start, grow, and scale up your community.
0: Yeah, and using those benefits as you know, touch points within your, your member journey, like we talked about during Common Sense. Well, speaking of feedback, my spark from today is, it touches on something Marjorie mentioned, which is that they do regular Ask Us Anything sessions with within the PMI community. I realize I don't think we've talked about this idea of like how do you get feedback from your community? And that to me is such an easy way. You know, let's bring the people, the HQ team who's who's helping kind of, you know, helping run the community, you know, helping create these journeys, like let's bring visibility to the work that they're doing and get instant feedback from the community members, right? And create a dialogue between the folks who are curating everything and and helping run the community and the actual members to make sure that, you know, you're heading in the right direction, you're creating the right things and that you're getting that actual qualitative feedback in addition to the quantitative feedback you're tracking from, you know, via other engagement touch points, but that bringing that sort of visibility through direct conversations with your community members, I think is something that should be within a regular, regular cadence for anyone running community. And that will hopefully help kind of guide strategy and growth of the community over time.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love that one. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Community Sense Podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating or share the show with a friend. And don't forget to connect with us at communitysense.co.